All right, we're back. Uh, Online Warriors, is this season two? Well, it says season two. It is season two. It says season two right there. Uh, Episode one, subtitle, Welcome Back, which is very creative because we're very creative over here. Uh, We're back. Uh, The usual crew, the Online Warriors, back to uh, fill your ear holes with all things technology, pop culture, and just plain weird. So, uh, as usual, uh, I am Illegal86. That's what they call me. And I am Tectic One. I'm, I'm just going to honor my upbringings. I'll never forget. And it's just us. And no, I'm just kidding. I am the Nerd Bomber. She has never bombed anything. Don't call the NSA. And now the NSA is listening because I said NSA on oh, hot mic. Uh, NSA, I'm a big fan. Uh, CIA is probably also listening because they're somewhat affiliated, from what I understand. Also a big fan. But what happened with JFK? And Snowden. Snowden. So, Snowden. Snowden. <laughs> so Snowden, I feel like I have an idea what happened. JFK, nobody knows. There was like, I mean, first of all, he got killed. We, we know that. But there was also like the Marilyn Monroe thing. There was this. You know who does know? Uh, I, James Franco. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Stephen King. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So, well, James Franco knows a lot. I mean. Plus, we can't put that on James Franco to make that public. They, they'd kill him if he did. CIA, just tell us. I mean, why, why are you holding out? It's been like 40 years, 50 years. No one really cares anymore. I just want to know. Anyways, uh, we're not going to talk about JFK today. Don't worry. Uh, we'll save that for another podcast. we got a lot to talk about today, though. Uh, it's 2018. New year, new us, I, I suppose. Uh, so we're going to start things off the old way uh, and talk about what are you doing Wednesday? So, uh, Tectic One, it's Wednesday. What are you doing? So uh, I had recently gotten my gallbladder taken out, so I had a lot of time at home to chill and do stuff like that. So today I uh, I got to use some of uh, the Christmas presents I got. Nerd Bomber got me a ukulele for Christmas, so I've picked that up and started playing with that. And uh, been getting in more in touch with the news lately. Like recently, apparently CNN released some footage of a UFO sighting that was released by uh, aviation security people. I don't remember the the person, but no one really gives a crap because they've they've decided that the world is coming to the end anyway. Well, there's UFOs so out that's there. Lately. Everyone knows there's UFOs at this point. We just don't know what they look like. I didn't see this footage. We don't even care anymore, apparently. You know why? Because we got bigger fish to fry right here at home. And by home, I mean Earth. Um, 2018, what a time to be alive. So the ukulele, I'll just touch on that for a second. How many times, and just ballpark it, because I know it's probably a lot. How many times have you played Somewhere Over the Rainbow so far? I haven't gotten that yet. I've learned about four notes. Oh, so you're not learning chords. You're just learning notes. You're going. I'm, I'm learning everything. I, I'm taking the beginner try, the beginner path to do it. There's a sweet app known as Musician. We're not sponsored by Musician. We legitimately just like the not app. Sponsor. It's free, but it gives me. It only gives me one ten minute lesson a day for it to stay free. Um. So I'm progressing very slowly. What did you learn in today's lesson? You don't have to play, but just describe. I learned how to play. Just regular melodies. So that's going to different frets and hopping between the strings 
mm-hmm. ongoing to those different frets. Very, very, very beginner stuff. Well, hey, you gotta, you know, you gotta build the build the base of the pyramid before you get to the tippy top. So, uh, we're all praying for you, man. And uh, for the listeners who are wondering, uh, we tried to get the hospital that Frank had his surgery at and uh, allow us to live stream it, but they wouldn't let us do it. So we don't have that footage. Um, Yeah, there were like HIPAA laws and weird things involved and the germs on the camera and the operating room. I think they just decided it was better off that nobody view that. It's okay. I didn't say anything fun when I was under anesthesia anyway. I can confirm that. I was there. uh, I was holding his hand the whole time, uh, even when he was under amnesia. I saw everything, man. I was pretty boring, I have to say. You you didn't say anything interesting at all? Nope. (sighs) Yeah, you just kind of woke up. That, That was it. Come on, man. That's not what I. That's not what I showed up for. I was. I've only been under amnesia. I've, well, I've never been under amnesia. Let me start by saying that. <laughs> uh, I've. I've only ever been under anesthesia one time, and it was for like twenty minutes. And when I woke up, I was. I was saying the, the doggonest things you wouldn't believe. Uh, they didn't give me enough. I, I literally slept it off and woke up. And by the time I woke up, it was all metabolized. Now that, so I was. Interesting. Did they have you in like the twilight state or the full unconscious state? I was full unconscious. I did literally fell asleep, woke up. And then the nurse who was there, she was like, you're not even going to remember my name. And I said, just you wait, Susan. And uh, yeah, her, still haven't forgotten her name. Her name was really, dang, man. You're, I think you're immune to anesthesia and amnesia. Well, no. Both. <laughs> dang, man. I couldn't remember. I couldn't tell you the... I mean, my nurse didn't even say her name. She was just like, I'll be your cocktail waitress. And I was like, that's not funny because I was really nervous. And uh, I'm just going to, yeah, I'm going to correlate it to, to the way I drink. I get drunk really, really fast, but I sober up just as fast because my body just metabolizes it really fast. So I assume that works the same with anesthesia. You should get that checked out, man. What if you like really need anesthesia at some point and it like doesn't work? No, it'll work. I'll get really, really anesthesia if that's what it's called. And then it'll just wear up, wear off really fast. So I can only do really quick surgeries. Otherwise, I'm screwed. But- well, I mean, I think they have the professionals there that like monitor the levels in your system the entire time. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not really in the medical profession. I do not like blood. So I stay very far away. So I know that being an anesthesiologist, like you make like a hundred million dollars because you could obviously like really, really mess people up with that stuff. You know, if you put in too much. Yeah, it's actually, it's really weird to think about. Yeah. Like you can, can't, you can go under and never come out, right? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's wild. I'm, the the nurse, I feel like the nurse that gave me the anesthesia wasn't taking it seriously enough. She said, I'll be a cocktail waitress. I should have been like, pay attention, Janet. (laughs) I don't know that Janet was her name. Janet, if you're out there, you did a fine job. I'm still here. Um, let's move it over to the nerve bomber. What have you been up to? Um, so I'm finally back in the swing of work, which was kind of sad cause I had a bunch of time off. Um, but pretty much the same, just trying to enjoy my Christmas gifts. I got a nice surround sound system, so it's pretty snazzy. I hear things in 3d and it makes video games a lot of fun. And I've got a ton of video games that can help me through this 
like really cold, terribly snowy winter that we're looking at. So that's what I will be doing, I guess. Um, but yeah, just kind of getting back in the swing of things. I told myself that I would like start my New Year's resolution and like start going back to the gym because I pay for a gym membership. And I just every month I watch $50 come off my credit card going towards this gym membership. And I can maybe say that I go like once or twice a month. So I told myself, like, you know, today is the day. I packed a bag with my gym clothes in it. And I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to come home because that's where, I, like, if the wheels fall off the bus, I sit on the couch and I'm done for the day. So I packed this bag, had all my gym clothes. I was ready to go. And then, and then I get to work. You came home. No, I got to work and I realized I left my gym bag at home. So that's going to start tomorrow, hopefully. Oh, that was subconscious. Yeah, I'm... I'm a little concerned that I might have been, but I think I'm just going to tape a note to the door tomorrow. So, like, even if I try to forget, I can't. Now, we we'll see. We should talk about uh, on that subject. So, first of all, I want to just one-up you briefly here. I went to the gym today for the first time oh. in, like, six months. And I got to tell you, it didn't go great. But no, no. no. So, I got on the treadmill. I was probably – first of all, I went down to the weight room. And for those of you that know me, you know that that went great because I have the physique of a Greek god. But then I went upstairs to the treadmill and I'm running with all this muscle weight. I, I run like a half mile and I, I, I'm i like, this is it. This is how I die. So I had to get out the treadmill. It was rough. It was, it, it was not the best, but it was the first time back in like six months. Um, so did you finish the full mile or did you give up after the half mile? I gave up after the half mile. I'm... I am ashamed to admit it. I gave up after the half mile. I usually, back in my heyday, my heyday being last year around like May-ish time, I was running like a mile and a half on the reg three times a week. What was your pace? My pace was like between seven and a half and eight minutes. Holy cow, you're really hot. That's really good. Seven and a half to eight minutes for a mile and a half? It hurt, man. and, And I'll tell you what, today when I was running, I was like, I was thinking exactly what you're thinking, which is... How was I doing that? I have no idea how I was doing that. But uh, hopefully, you know, God willing, six more months, I'll be I'll be back there. I don't know. But we, we, we should... You know what blows my mind about the gym? And I know this is kind of... A, we're going on a gym tangent. But, like, it takes you six months to get into tip-top shape, you know? Yeah. And then you take, like, a month off, and you're worse than when you started. Oh, yeah. It's insane to me. Now, I, I kind of took that and decided let's amp it up a little bit. Last year, I started going to the gym around this time for the first time, uh, maybe ever. And I went for like six months. And after six, after like six months, I, I wouldn't say I was in tip-top shape per se, but there was noticeable difference both in my physical self. And it's also a really great stress relief. I was like in a really good place. And then uh, I stopped going for reasons that I won't get into, but are largely tied to laziness. I went back today after six months, and I I can't even lift a Q-tip. It's it's remarkable. The human body is amazing. But uh, on this topic, I want to talk about because you mentioned New Year's resolutions. Um, So, is your resolution to like go to the gym the most classic resolution ever? My resolution was really to do like a full year of total transformation. Like I have a bunch of different hobbies, and I get into them on the surface. Like I play guitar on the surface. I game on the surface. I go to the gym, 
not very often. Like I don't really get in depth with anything. I'm just, as the saying goes, master of none, jack of all trades. Right. And so I told myself that this year I would really buckle down, get healthy. And part of being healthy, in addition to just fitness and going to the gym, is to really like mentally stimulate yourself and dive into your hobbies. And it has not been going well. And actually, I started an Instagram account. And I was going to do this thing where I logged a picture a day, every day for the whole year, showing like what progress I was making. And I made it through, a, I want to say, four days. That's pretty good. That's like almost a work week. You know? And then I stopped. <laughs> Who has time? Like, like, And first of all, it's a great resolution. Um, my resolutions last year, I had like three resolutions last year, and they were very similar. It was like, okay, take a hobby or like a potential hobby and like really devote myself to it. But just, it's hard to find the time. It, it truly is. And that's why in January, the gyms are packed. So it was crazy. I was had a beaten old lady with a stick just to get to a treadmill today. Well, I think the problem with it is that to really get good at anything, whether that's going to the gym or being healthy or having a hobby, you have to have a lot of time to devote to it. Like the people who are jacked go to the gym every day for an hour or two. Yeah. And when you have like a nine to five, I mean – a, you're just tired and beat and you have to really push yourself to have that motivation, but you're trying to balance everything. And I don't think I could even fit everything I wanted to do in one day. Like I don't think I could go to the gym, eat a healthy dinner, then come home and play my guitar and then like read a book because I would be exhausted and it would also be one in the morning. And the problem is those people that, that those true gym, gym, gym rats, gym rats. yeah, them. yeah. They go in like the crack of dawn right? so yes. that at, at no point can they get unmotivated. But like at what point do you look at your alarm clock and go, man, I could just stay in bed today. Well, and that's like like after work, it sounds like you guys are similar. After work, a lot of the time, the last thing I want to do is anything. I just want to like get home and just like be, just exist, stare at a wall even, mm-hmm. stare at a television show that I've seen a – hundred thousand times that's what i often do when i come home from work so yeah it's very challenging um i myself but at the same time oh go ahead i myself don't have a resolution this year uh because i read a very interesting article and by read an article i mean i read a very interesting headline because i'm a millennial and i don't read articles but i read a very interesting i skimmed the article i know the gist basically the idea is that new year's resolutions are and not to knock you down here, but New Year's resolutions are, in theory, uh, not the best idea because they tend to uh, take people's like desire for self improvement and localize it around like one time of the year, you know, like and, and that's why everyone goes to the gym in January and like and 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 you know it's it's one thing to sit to like make a resolution like yours and say. I'm going to commit myself to a year's worth of just diving into hobbies. And as I'm sure you're learning now, it's another thing to actually do it. And, and mm-hmm. it's hard to like, I'm not, I don't want to get preachy and I don't want to be on a high horse. Cause I pretty much focus on self-improvement never. And I also just went to the gym today as though I have a new year's resolution to go to the gym. So I'm not like, I'm not acting like I'm above new year's resolutions. It just gave me some pause of like new year's resolutions. Maybe they're not all they're cracked up to be. I don't know. So with regards to your having everyone centered around one time of the year, 
that's why I center my New Year's resolution around the Chinese New Year. Which is off. like February? Second off. I don't know. I, I made that up, actually. No, it is. It's like the end of January, You guys February. don't have to call me out on my jokes. <laughs> <laughs> well, then. Um, second of all, my New Year's resolution is kind of on the same path as uh, Nerd Bomber's in that mine is to finish all of the list of tasks that I said that I would do and just never did, which it's not really improving myself. It's more following through, which... I think most people should want to do and and that I guess you could relate to what hers task is and what yours was is you should follow through with things. That's, that's a a lesson of commitment in life. Right. Right. And that's a good resolution right there is just follow through. Don't even get more specific. Why push push back against self-improvement though? There's no harm. I think it's more just localizing it around that one day. And I guess to that, I will say that for me at least, and maybe other people have the same or find the same tendencies. Like, I feel like I go through this once every other month. Like the beginning of the month will come and I'll be like, you know what? This is the month. I'm going to do it. I'm going to really like buckle down. I'm going to learn the guitar like more than just the chords I already know. I'm really going to hit the gym this time. And then again, life just gets in the way. It's hard. Yeah. But I think it's the... Even if you start it, the idea of pursuing something to make yourself better instead of just like being, eh, another year, whatever, you're at least conscious of the fact that like life is progressing, you know? Yeah, definitely. I like, I had New Year's resolutions last year that I think I had like three total and I think I made very conscious progress on two of them. And then there was like a third one where I was like, I don't need three resolutions. That's just, that's too much, you know, but it it, it is interesting. The resistance to self-improvement, right? Like why do we all, we should be, we should be aiming to self-improve in ways that we find enjoyable. And yet so much of the time, it just, it doesn't feel like that. So uh, I guess that's where we'll leave the new year's resolution kind of discussion. It's in a weird, weird place, but a poignant one we'll say. And uh, with that, uh let's move on to the round table uh discussion um for those of you who don't know for those of you who are tuning in for the first time uh this is where we tend to take a look at current events often tech related and just kind of have a, a round table discussion about them we're all knights at king arthur's round table king arthur couldn't make it um so let's start off with this first thing um it looks like ford is actually increasing their vehicle electric vehicle investment to a whopping $11 billion. Um, and they're planning to do that by 2022. So basically it sounds like, well, I don't want to say they're going all in on electric vehicles. Cause I don't really know what Fords, they got to have a lot of money over there, but essentially they're thinking that electric vehicles are the future. And I'm myself inclined to agree, but uh, I don't know. What's, what's your guys take on electric cars? I know you don't have one, but. Well, they're also throwing it into more importantly, self-driving cars. And um, that, that I think, is more the future regardless of where the fuel comes from. And and the reason why I say that is because with electric vehicles, the, the carbon footprint isn't as cut dry as it seems, right? Because the electric still comes from oh, these coal sources right. or wind farms. or it, it's, it's not one clear-cut place. So if we're going to try to improve our carbon footprint we need to look at the source of where we're getting our energy from 
That said, the investment into the self-driving cars, now that is huge. A lot of the um, carbon footprint brought on by cars is due to traffic congestion, right? You have all these cars in a line, sitting idly, just uselessly burning fuel into the air. So one thing uh, to look into with respect to self-driving cars is a lot of this traffic that we see with our commuters and things like that is is induced because people's because their reaction time isn't uh, there's a delay between each car stopping and starting, stopping and right. starting that you get this uh, almost xylophone effect that that propagates down the entire um, traffic line. So when you have self-driving cars, you almost get this kind of a linkage where they're instantaneously reacting and moving and moving and moving, and you'll get this flow of traffic. And part of the traffic that's induced is you get one accident. Have you seen an accident on the side of a road that is completely, completely out of the way of traffic, yet it still stops the flow of well, traffic? Yeah. And the reason why is because people want to yeah. see it. They're just slowing down and staring like morons. And I want to see it. it well, <laughs> you're part of the problem. <laughs> and, and causing all this extra congestion. So I guess the, the sum of my rant is by having self-driving cars, there will still be accidents, sure. But you'll have less people ogling at these accidents and, and the cars will be more responsive to just keep moving forward. So let me, let me get this um, straight. You drive by an accident. Mm-hmm. Your neck is fully rigid. You're looking straight ahead. Yes, hundred percent. Oh, no, no, no. I'm okay. Now, you can ask Nerd Bomber. I always go. I always go. Look at these people just staring at the. Who cares? All right. That, <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm rubbernecking. Yeah. Well, you're in the passenger seat. You're practically supposed to rubberneck. It's like the job of the passenger. But yeah, I, I mean, I I agree with you in the sense of. Um, because like at the university that I'm at, which I won't name for privacy purposes, uh, there's a lot of people who are doing research in uh, things like swarm dynamics and like if you have all these autonomous vehicles, be they aircraft or planes or, or cars or whatever, um, what's an efficient way to move them? So like I've seen videos of four-way stops that are no longer four-way stops. They're just, okay, everyone go when they have a path. And like you said, that would minimize the time that these vehicles are being used. It would minimize the emissions because people aren't, I mean, think about LA. There's people, half of the fuel that's probably sent into the atmosphere from LA, at least half is probably just from people who are sitting in traffic on their morning commute. So that is an interesting aspect, but the thing that I struggle with, with the self-driving aspect, and I I feel like we've probably talked about this before, is self-driving cars could be infallible, amazing, just perfectly engineered. So they never get in any accidents ever, but guess what? People are just, people aren't going to trust them. That's my take on it. I mean, so I know, I think we discussed this in a past episode, how there's a lot of like moral things that they need to figure out. Like how do you decide if your car, like if someone walks into traffic, how do you decide if the car should swerve and hit another car or hit the person who walked out like the pedestrian? Um, but putting that aside, I want to take a different take on it. And I think this is one of the first times we've really seen a um, everyday car company invest this amount of money into something like electric vehicles and self-driving vehicles. Because, I mean, we've seen cars like Tesla, like car companies like Tesla, and 
they're amazing cars, great company, super innovative, but they're not exactly within the reach of normal everyday people. Yeah. And I even like Chevy, they they made the Volt, which I don't think that was fully electric. I think that was 50 50. Um, but even that, the Chevy Volt was more expensive than what most people could afford. So I think seeing such a big investment from a car company that's known for a very accessible, um, not cheap in quality, although sometimes Ford isn't the best, but um, just very accessible to the public cars is a pretty big step in the future because it's great that we have electric vehicles and that the upper echelon of society can afford them, but you really won't make a difference and a dent until you can get that into the hands of the everyman. Because you're always then just going to have that old gas guzzler from the 80s still on the roads, unless it's affordable for people. I think the Volt is a bad example because the Volt was designed to be a sexy electric Didn't car. Didn't the Volt not work out? Um, or am I misremembering? There are still Volts <laughs> out there. I think they're still sold. But, I mean, it didn't make nearly as big of a dent as I think Chevy hoped that it would. And they really hung their hat on that, and it didn't pan out. So, I, well, I think I see what you're saying, though, like – I, and I, it is important, like, because I think a lot of people think that with companies like Tesla and these these upper echelon, upper end electric cars, they think like, oh, the technology is showing up up there and it's going to like, quote unquote, trickle down. And that hasn't really happened yet. So this seems to be kind of a big step in that direction, right? Of like Ford saying, we want to make an electric car, but we want to make an electric car that, you know, Joe the plumber can buy. You guys remember Joe the plumber? I do remember Joe what the plumber. Guy. And I know the Prius is out there, um, and that's a very accessible car, but that's not fully electric. It's a hybrid. And I think Ford is really investing in full-on electric cars instead of just the hybrid technology, which I'm pretty sure most car companies now, like there's a hybrid model of most cars, maybe. I feel like it's probably around 50%. It's, it's, it's probably mm-hmm. 50% airing on the side of the majority. I think you're right. So the, the biggest problem with these hybrid or electric cars, though, and this is this is kind of a circular argument, right? Is that no, all the affordable ones weren't sexy, so nobody wanted to buy them. But so then they said, "Okay, we see you," and ma- started making sexy ones, and they go, "Oh, they're not affordable." Well, I don't think it's the sexiness, quote unquote, per se. Oh, um, I have to drive a sexy for car. The price My tag. car has to be sexy. Well, for the everyday person, you just want an affordable car. I mean, there are people driving around in, God, what was that terrible Nissan box car? Oh, the, ju- the, the Juke. Right? Yeah. And I mean, that was definitely just like an affordable SUV for people and not necessarily based on aesthetic. And so I think because they were so expensive, they needed to look nice, which is why you saw that. Right. Um, but I think my main issue with electric cars in general is that the infrastructure just isn't there and it's kind of a chicken and the egg thing but if you have an electric car you really have to plan your route and make sure that there's going to be a station for you to plug in somewhere along the way right and if you get stuck in traffic and you're stuck you know on the highway somewhere that's like hundreds of miles away from the nearest charging station it can throw off your whole thing I, i don't know how sparse charging stations are but i imagine they're still probably pretty sparse in the united states um I mean, I don't see them that often. I know, like, by local universities, I've seen a lot of charging stations, but you get away from that area, and it's pretty sparse. Yeah. So, uh, kind of transitioning into another car-related topic, 
Um, an option for these electric car companies would be to uh, offer quote unquote subscription plans. So there are companies now, uh, namely BMW and Mercedes-Benz, so two upper end uh, brands, but bear with me, that are testing out pilot programs that uh, basically act as subscription plans for new cars. So basically when you buy a new car, um, you, you're on a payment plan that not only covers the cost of the car, but maintenance and insurance. Um, this is apparently something that other companies have already done, um, but it's something that I've never heard of. So perhaps it's starting to become more mainstream. I think it sounds like a good idea, if only because I'm the kind of guy who, like I take care of my car, but at the same time, I would just love if someone was like, you have to bring your car in for maintenance because you're paying for it. Like you kind of have that incentive. People don't take their cars to the garage because they're like, I don't want to have to pay for this. If it's included, if it's built into the cost, people are a lot more likely to take care of their cars and the cars are likely to last longer. So I think if you're BMW and Mercedes-Benz, this is a smart move, but I don't know what you guys think about it. I also think it's a smart move, but they'll have to do a lot. I mean, I guess rolling the insurance in is one step, but they have to do a lot to differentiate it from a lot of lease deals that are currently offered. Um, because one of the the main reasons that I lease a car beyond the fact that it was just cheap is that, I mean, my dealership offered, granted, like major things I'd have to pay for, but all of my routine maintenance was included in the cost of my lease. I could just, like, I have to get an oil change in a couple of weeks and I can literally just go at no cost to my dealer and they take care of it. And same thing with tire rotations. And that's fantastic, but they'd have to definitely differentiate and I could see them getting themselves into a little bit of a hole because if you have someone on your subscription plan who's like popping a tire every other month, that's going to get really pricey. Well, but there's also probably people who, you know, like you have to, you, you, we'll yeah, you have to think so. both ways. Like there's also like some grandma who's going to have a BMW and just use it to drive to church on Sundays. So like, I think so. it's, I think it's a fantastic investment as long as the, buyer does their research based on their average commute, right? So if you have someone who lives five minutes from work and they're not putting a lot of miles on it, and typically they go every two months to get their oil changed, their tires rotated, they're going to end up spending more money than the, for these normal services, right? Whereas you get your person who has the 40, 45 minute commute, they're absolutely getting their money's worth. Right. I, 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 like you made some good points, Nerd Bomber. I'm, I suppose I'm a little split on this in that it seems similar to a lease. Like, I, my perspective on it is I've never bought or leased a new car. So, I, and my brother does. So, I know kind of about the when you lease it, you can just take it to a service station at a dealership and they'll, you know, like you said, rotate your tires and do all that stuff for you. Um, I'm not sure if they do that with leases. Well, I suppose they probably do do that with leases on on higher end cars. Um, but I, I, on a more, on a broader scope, I feel like we're moving into the age of the subscription. Like everything is going to be subscription based. And, yes. So, so get in it while it gets, I mean, think, good. yeah, think about it. You got like, you got Spotify, you got, uh, Netflix, you got Hulu, YouTube red. I mean, th- and that's all media stuff, but then you also have things like, uh, my favorite thing ever now, movie pass, which is also kind of media based, but that's more, it's also more providing a service of like pay $10. You can go to as many movies as you want in a month. And like, 
I'm not saying it's easy to start up a subscription service, but if you think of a good idea, run with it. A coworker of mine just quit. He's an engineer like me. He just quit his job to work under his wife who runs a subscription service. I wanted to make a really horrible joke about him working under his wife. And I refrained. Keep it. You're welcome, listeners. Uh, I had the opportunity and I did not take it. Let's move on uh, from the cars. Cars are cars are good, but you know what's better than cars if you're me? Movies. Movies. Mm-hmm. 2018 is going to wow. be a great year for film. Um, I want to kind of run very quickly, kind of Blitzkrieg style, through um, a, a list of, of high-profile movies coming out this year. But before we do that, I kind of wanted to ask you guys uh, a general question before we move into the future, looking into the past. Think about the last year. Let's say, let's say the la- last year after the Oscars, so like starting in like March time. Now, we have become the Academy and we're giving away a little golden statue that's Online Warriors Best Picture. F- for you guys, what is it? Oh man, that's kind of a tough one. It's, a, it's an um, on-the-spot question, I sporadically, but I mean, try your best. I guess I would have to go with Wonder Woman. That's a very good one. That was the one movie... I like walked out of and was just like, wow, that was really good. And I watched it a second time and it held up. That's a very good answer. I wonder woman, uh, in, in a, in a cinematic world that's so chock full of superhero movies. Now, uh, wonder woman broke multiple molds, which is something that like a couple years back, Deadpool also did, but Deadpool did it in a much more, uh, niche market kind of way whereas wonder woman i think did it in a way that pleased everyone um had a female director which is really cool and just yeah what a great movie um i saw it in theaters and i haven't seen it since but i would gladly see it again she was also the best part of justice league which was a trash movie and that is not the movie that i'm uh picking but tectic what did you think you know, I'm ashamed to say this, but I can I I have one. You ever see a really bad movie, and that's like the only movie in your head, and you can't think you of anything else. Geostorm. You saw Geostorm. Oh my god, that was such a it was such a bad movie. It was at the cheap shows. So context. Oh a friend of ours god. in town. A friend of ours was in town and wanted to go to the cheap shows with us because it's like our thing. And the only non-animated movie that was up at the cheap shows at that time that had a 10 o'clock show, which is about when he rolled in, was Geostorm. But it was fine because we went in. You, when you go into a movie knowing that it's a crap movie, you can make it a good movie by adding commentary. I suppose if it's the cheap shows. Also, I think I know who this person is. Do I know who this person is? Yeah, I know this person. Yeah. Uh, Everyone's he, he has red hair and he's... He's adorable. It's Ed Sheeran. We're fr- we're friends with Ed Sheeran. Ed, if you're out there, shout out. Um, I can understand that. I can understand. I mean, I know the appeal of the bad movie. It's just in theaters, that's a tough pill to swallow. But if you're seeing the cheap shows and you come in with the right, right mindset, I suppose that's a good answer. Also an offbeat answer. So props for that. Um, I myself uh, would have to go with Baby Driver. I, I literally had people telling me, and I'm sure I mentioned it in the podcast last year. I forgot that movie was from It came out last summer. And I remember last year, first of all, I know I talked about it here when I saw it. And I also had people, namely my brother and sister-in-law, at one point they were literally like, oh my God, you have to let it go. Just stop talking about Baby Driver. That's how good it was. I wouldn't shut up about it. If you haven't seen it yet, go see it. Uh I now own it on Blu-ray disc because my brother 
would he just heard me not shutting up about it and he got me the blu-ray for christmas shout out to my brother shout out to baby driver uh what a great movie but 2018 uh it's gonna be an amazing year i don't have any specific ones picked out i'm just kind of running down a list here um frank i know you're excited for 50 shades freed um but we're not going to talk a whole lot about that one um there's another cloverfield movie uh so first of all did you guys see the latest 10 cloverfield lane yeah, didn't yeah. care for it. See, that's weird because I actually I liked loved it. it. If you removed yourself from the fact that it was like an, supposed to be part of the alien world of Cloverfield, it was a really good thriller. It really was. It felt too much like Room. Room was a good movie too, though. To me, that's just Room yeah. was great. Room was great, but when you overlay Room onto Ten Cloverfield Lane, you're just like, what are they trying to do? Be original. I well, I don't know. Let's not get into this debate, uh, but. Basically, they're coming out with another Cloverfield movie that's supposedly kind of in the same universe. So for those of you who don't know, the first and the second Cloverfield movies basically were only related by very, very thin threads. Plot-wise, they were totally different. No no common cast members. It sounds like uh, this one's going to be very similar. Um, apparently, it takes place on an international space station, but um, really not many other details. It comes out in April. That's one that I'm excited for. Um the new Tomb Raider movie, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the trailers for that. Uh, looks like it has potential to be very good. Um, Alicia Vikander, who has been in movies. I can't think of any right now, uh, but she's pretty good. And uh, Tomb Raider, I suppose, is due for a reboot. And in a world of reboots, that seems uh, pretty reasonable. Now, this one I'm especially excited about because I haven't seen any trailers for it. It's coming out in the summer, and it sounds supremely unique um it's called tag and it's based on a true story which i know what you're thinking oh based on a true story might not be that good it's a true story based on a group of classmates that start a game of tag and carry it into adulthood and travel around the country to catch each other by surprise that's the movie hmm. and if that's not enough for you i really jeremy hope- renner is there There's not a trailer for it yet, but here—I mean, here's the trailer in a sentence. Jeremy Renner broke both his arms during production of this movie. Oh, what I the heard heck, about guys? this. Guys, like, I'm—I'm I'm like, I want to get in line. How intense is I, this movie? How intense is this? I mean, tag? they must like really be playing tag. Um, can, can I do? Can I do the trailer? Yeah, real yeah, quick? please. In a world where you. Oh, no, I you didn't even. Yeah. You just wanted to say in the world in the trailer guy voice. Yeah, but the moral of the story is it ends with tag. Right. 2018, <laughs> summer. Twenty sixteen. It already came out. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> Dang. Gotta... Oh man, that was butchered. Um, yeah. So let, let, let's keep going along here. Uh, a quiet place. Have you guys seen the trailers for a quiet place? I'm very excited for this one. So this, the trailer for this one, I saw the trailer for this uh, before, right before Star Wars. It's John Krasinski and Emily Blunt, also known as Kreb, Kreblinski, uh, as it says in this article that I'm reading. But it's a horror movie where uh, it's in a post-apocalyptic world and the monster can hear, it has like super hearing. So they can't, like, they can't make any noise. And it's like a family living in the woods and they're totally quiet. They like speak in sign language. They don't use silverware. Like they walk on sand everywhere to try and stay quiet. And it looks like it looks pretty wild. 
you should check out the trailer for that one. Um, continuing down the list here, uh, I am excited for Bohemian Rhapsody, which comes out at the very, very tail end of this year, which is the biopic about uh, Freddie Mercury starring Rami Malek. I don't know if you guys have heard anything about that, but the pictures, there's no trailer yet, but the pictures for this movie show Rami Malek as Freddie Mercury, and it's it's pretty unreal. Um, here's one you guys will know and have heard of, Venom. Uh, that I am excited for with uh, Eddie. Yeah, well, yeah. Who's Eddie? Eddie? Who's Eddie? Yeah, Eddie Brock? Ed Hardy. No, Tom, oh. Tom Hardy. Ed, Hardy. Ed Hardy's the guy that makes the clothes, man. Tom Hardy. <laughs> Tom Hardy. Tom, Tom Hardy. Ed Hardy's not in it. Tom Hardy's in it. He plays Eddie. Isn't Eddie Brock? Isn't that Venom? I thought you were talking about Eddie Brock, man. Yeah. Um, also, kind of a side note. There are, it says at the top of this article, there are uh, eight major superhero movies coming out this year. And we're going to get to the one that I'm most excited for in a minute. But it's going to be a busy year for superhero. Black, Black Panther. Panther. Black I'm Panther is going to be incredible. Um, if you can't, if you haven't heard about Black Panther, I don't know where you've been because it's already broken like pre-sale records. Uh, Kendrick Lamar is doing the entire soundtrack. Um, that's another one that I think is going to break a lot of molds and it is going to be as good as it's built to be. Um, but I, I, I want to talk a little bit more about ones you might not have heard are coming out. Um, there's a new Halloween. Primal Rage? I haven't heard of that one. Do you guys remember that video game? It was a fighting game back in the day when we were like in the 90s. And it was like oh, a gorilla. Yeah, you're and talking about T-Rexes. They literally, no, Primal Rage. It it was a similar game, but they made a movie out of it. And it's coming out this year. So that's interesting because there's apparently, a, I'm looking at it. There's a video game called Rampage that's very similar. Yeah, Rampage is coming out. The Rock's in it. I'm really excited Oh, yeah, that. there's that too. I, I used to... Get this. I used to go to the arcade yeah. to play that game. Wow. Showing your age. Now, yeah. Dwayne The Rock Johnson has one one good video game movie and one bad video game movie. So it's 50-50 how that one's going to do. Uh, I see the trailers and I laugh at him personally, but hey, to each his own, you know? Um, they're coming out with a new Halloween movie this year. Get this. It's written by... Uh, Danny McBride. Do you guys know who Danny McBride is? Mm, it sounds really familiar. He's the, he's the guy from like Pineapple Express. He's like a comedy actor. He's the guy from Pineapple Express and okay. like Eastbound Down and he's in Tropic Thunder and stuff. You'd know him if you saw him. But anyways, he's right in that movie and I just, it's so confusing to me. Um, the other big ones that you heard of, Pacific Rim Uprising uh, is probably going to be a very big deal. Um, there's a new Mary Poppins movie coming out at the tail end of the year that Lin-Manuel Miranda's in. Um, Ready, Ready Player, Player One, One is going to be a very big deal. That's Steven Spielberg. Uh, there's a Fantastic Beast sequel coming out. Um, this one's interesting. Uh, so 1517 to Paris is a movie that's being directed by Clint Eastwood, kind of in a similar vein, a true story vein to like Sully and the past movies he's made. It's about... Uh, in 2015, you guys might remember there was a terrorist attack on a train to Paris. And uh, there was three guys, uh, three Americans, who basically stopped the terrorist attack. And I'm pretty sure no one died. It was like a, it was a case of real-life heroism, basically. So Clint Eastwood's making the movie about this and a movie about the actual guys. 
and he cast the actual guys as themselves. So like the three guys who stopped the train attack are in, they star as themselves in the movie, which I feel like is pretty interesting. Um, anyways, I want to, I want to wrap this discussion up cause it's getting kind of long, but uh, there's a new X-Men movie coming out. Aquaman drops this year, mission impossible six. Um, they made a sequel to the Strangers. Yeah, I did also. see that. Um, I never saw the first Strangers, but I heard it's terrifying. So I'm not sure if it would be a good idea for me. It's so scary. It's so scary. If we go back to the Halloween podcast episode, that was my scariest movie, I think, because it was based off a true story. Yeah, and, and it's, it's like, super fucked up. It's like Pardon fully. Well, we'll hit the bleep button after, but it's like fully real. It's like it could really happen. Well, it really did. Literally, it was based off a true story. I don't know if the sequel will be, but the original movie was based off an actual happening. Oh, my gosh. Which just is mind-boggling. Now, the the big ones uh, that I've saved for the end here, I don't really need to even say these probably. Um, Deadpool 2, uh, Black Panther we mentioned, Han Solo, A Star Wars Story, uh, Ocean's 8, which with the all-female cast, could be interesting. Uh, Avengers Infinity War... Incredibles two, um, it's it's going to be a great year, I think. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's going to be a lot of movies. If you don't have Movie Pass, I yeah, feel like now would be get the time on to that. sign up. Um, it's I feel like that's going to take up all my time, but I suppose we'll we'll have to wait and see. Um, so that's kind of it for the movie news. Um, what what do you, what do you think, guys? Should we spin the wheel, or do we have time for more? Let's go on, go on ahead and spin the wheel. Give that wheel a spin, Let's guys. Do that. Okay, so here we have it. We have a fun segment of oh, Would I'm You so Rather. So, I guess I'll, I'll narrate the Would You Rathers for this week. Um, so some of these are a little darker than others. We'll, we'll do some light ones. We'll do some dark ones. So first we'll start off with one that's pretty light. Would you rather have hands that stick to everything or hands that are so slippery they can't this, hold this anything? This is an easy one for me. Go. Stick to everything is oh, a clear to answer everything. to this one. You just, you just said, hey, would you rather have a super superpower right. or be a klutz? Ugh. But I mean, like, if they stick to everything, like, you wouldn't. Once be able all to your stuff is sticky, then. it felt it stops mattering. That's that, that. all right. I guess that's that my takeaway for that one. one. Why? What do you think? I don't know. I feel like it would be really annoying. Like, could you imagine putting on clothes and your hands stick to everything? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. They're both superpowers. Think of it. Think about it. What if you're wa- doing a handstand on the ground? Or if you slide on your hands, like a slip and slide, you'd slide if forever. If you slide on your hands on a slip and it's slide, true. but if your hands are sticky, wouldn't they just stick to the slip and slide? No, if you had this, if you hands that had slams oh, that slipped on okay. everything. So literally, you can use it like you're skating like on ice almost. Like Frozone from You get real good at it. Yeah. Yeah. They're both superpowers. This just got interesting. But you can never hold a child. You can never, you can never hug someone. You can never eat without someone. your hands. Like how do you eat food? Yeah, without your hands. Do you just go all face. 
That's, I, I would still go with stick to everything, but I suppose you make a, a few good points. Yeah, I would still go with Intriguing possibilities, but... Because I feel like stick to everything... So, with slip on everything, I feel like you can kind of grab things, but they slip out of your hands all the time. So with stick to everything, you grab things, but it's really hard to get them off, but you can get them off. Or else it couldn't stick to everything, it would stick to one thing. I feel you. Okay. Well, we'll move on to the next one. Because you guys seem to be in consensus. So... Would you rather have no sense of taste with access to the finest cuisine or be deaf with access to the most extensive music oh, This is library? another easy one for me. Can I go? Can I, can I go first? You would. Oh, I'll see, I would. Okay. So we disagree. I would, on this one. I would. I love, I love food and like there's a huge deaf culture and they got it. They got it down. No, My life seems I mean, uh, okay. I, 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 hear, I hear what you're saying. I love music way too much. I also love movie. Uh, you can watch a movie when you're deaf, obviously. But like, I like music way too much to give up my sense of hearing. And also, if if I have no sense of taste, I can just eat vegetables all the time and be in perfect health. I feel like I have that. Yeah, you'll That's never enjoy point. your food. You might yeah, as well eat I could cardboard. eat cardboard, and guess what? It would cost me nothing. It'd be it'd be free. I feel like I hack this one. <laughs> Life hacking. Okay. Nerd bomber. I, hmm, I think I'd rather be deaf because I really like tasting food and be. I mean, like you said, there's a big deaf culture, and we've made so many advances. Like even with music, you can then feel music. So I feel like you would work your way around it. Like I don't know. I like I food, like food a lot. Too. I mean, I like chicken wings. And peanut butter and chocolate. All those things together. Oh, man. Uh, have you tried gross. it? I mean, <laughs> it's gross. Fair enough. Chocolate covered peanut butter chicken wings. The chicken is what makes it gross. Yeah, I think peanut butter on a chicken wing unsauced would probably be really good. It would, it'd be like a Thai jit, a Thai Although, juice. Yeah, a thai. If you, you could do like a nice peanut glaze. You on can your do chicken peanut wing. and chicken, but you, once you throw the chocolate in, it gets weird. Ah, I, I think you could cover a chicken yes. chocolate, man. I'd be willing to try that. To, I'd put my money where my mouth is on this one. Next, next week, next episode. Okay, so next episode <laughs> we'll have peanut butter chocolate covered chicken there wing challenge. If you if you could maybe do a chocolate peanut butter sauce on rice and then put chicken on top of that, maybe. But not directly. I want on like chicken. you know like chocolate covered pretzels where they put the chocolate on there, they melt it, they put it on there, and then they like they freeze it back up. I want I want that, man. Ooh, yeah. yeah. With your chicken? I would just eat a cold chicken wing with a chocolate like chill. You know, I will say, so my chicken wing eating habit, I usually get my chicken wings with pizza, and then I can never finish the chicken wings, so I keep them, and I put them in the fridge for the next day. And when you reheat no, a chicken see, wing, it's just never exactly. as good. That's why you eat them cold. Right, and you eat them cold, and they're the bomb.com. I mean, yeah, maybe I'll do that next time, guys. I got to get my hands on a good chicken wing out here, which might be the, the most difficult part. But uh, I'll keep you all posted. All right, so in the interest of time, I'm going to skip the darkest, would you rather? But I'll go to this last one. 
is, would you rather never work a day in your life, but you can't leave the house, but every material possession would instantly appear in your house, or you have to work an 80-hour work week for your entire working life, but you can go anywhere instantly on the weekend, like flu powder, bam, you're Damn, there. Dropping the what would you rather reference. do? It's from Harry Potter, everyone. I would I would do the 80-hour yeah, work week. As go ahead. To, to, to go anywhere. And, and I imagine that means my friends can all be there with me, too. So it wouldn't be like I'm alone. So I get to enjoy it with everyone, and I would just work my butt off on the weekend. It's pretty standard to work hard, play hard lifestyle. I, I hear you. I feel like if I had a better job than I have right now, I would pick the 80-hour work week. But I'm definitely picking the other one. I'm picking the one where I, first of all, I'm a homebody. And second of all, I don't like working. As long as I can have other people in my house. Yeah, but you can't leave the house. That means you're like sitting inside on a gorgeous day looking outside. That that would destroy me. But if you're working an 80-hour work week, aren't you pretty much doing the same thing anyway? But at least, at least... 104 days in the year I get to enjoy it. Enjoy outside. I think for me, I would need to do like, I don't have an absolute answer for you. I would need to take some time and do a mathematical analysis to see how much time I would have comparing the two. Because like, depending on where you live, like if you lived in Alaska, hell yeah, I'm going to stay inside all the time. Give me everything that I want. But that's the problem. If you lived in Alaska, you'd, you'd, you'd be... Status quo, your life would never be improved. Yeah, yeah, I would. I wouldn't okay. have a job. So that means you would pick the eighty-hour. <laughs> you would pick the. <laughs> you pick the eighty-hour work week. You get to enjoy beautiful climates. Now, a third of the year. Right, but how much like awake time are you losing in each scenario where you can't do what you want to do? Like I said, I'd have to sit down and That's actually do the math. Well, the travel's instant, right? So it's like you wake up, you're there. So you get. Two whole days every single weekend outside in gorgeous weather. Okay. Now, I don't know about you, though, but, like, I traveled to the Bahamas, and for me, I needed, like, two days to really get in the swing of things. Like, it didn't feel real, and then I finally relaxed, and then it was time to go, and I wasn't ready to go yet. I feel like my weekends would be like that. Like, I would always be yearning to go back to the weekend. And you're like, yeah, if you you know you only have the weekends and then, like, the rest of your – I mean, 80 hours in five days – that's literally just you're working until you go to sleep and then you wake up and you're working again. So like. And like, I guess it would, it would depend too. like, if you had kids and a family, you would literally never see true. them. I, I mean, I think, ah, I don't know. You guys both make good points, but I'm, again, I'm still, I'm going to stick with my answer of the never having to go outside thing. I just, I would get so bored. I, I wouldn't so want to have to like like Taylor that? said like with the weekends. I'd be like, all right, I got two days. I got to cram in a bunch of fun stuff. I think I would be sold on the never leaving home if I can like go in my backyard and things. No, like man, that. I don't need a backyard. I just need a t. Uh, I need like the Amazon Fire TV stick that flips through the nature pictures. I'll be fine. Uh. I think I'll go right in the middle. I would just like to keep things as they are on yeah. par for now. I don't think I would like to swing to either extreme. I know that's really not a choice, but you know what? That's, there we are. I feel like that's a positive uh, message to end on. You know, I, I mean, we typically do uncommon questions, um, 
but I, I think that that message was so positive. Guys, your, your life is good the way it is. You don't have to have an 80-hour work week. I'm so glad I could bring that to the podcast. Wait, what's that? Wow. I said I'm so glad That's, I could bring that I mean, to the I'm, podcast. I personally feel uplifted, and uh, I hope the rest of you do. Um, we're back. Season two, guys. Uh, we're going to be coming at you. Uh, seemingly on a, on a bi-weekly basis uh, with these nuggets of wisdom and nuggets of news. Uh, and once again, it's going t- straight into your ear holes so much as you allow it to. Um, so get excited. I know I am. And with that, we're going to wrap it up. So uh, I am Illegal86. I'm joined by Tectic and Nerd Bomber. And uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye. Have a good week.